Hey everyone, welcome to Rewind the Love, a podcast about the best ever in reality television, where we usually recap shows like Flavor of Love, Rock of Love, and all the great celebrity reality shows that you love. I am Mike. And I'm Sonia, and it's five bajillion degrees in our apartment. Yes, our AC is not strong enough. It's not stronger than yesterday. <laughs> no. Oh I my goodness. I, so normally I can go into 20 different songs that have that word. That's how fucking hot I am right now. That you can't even think about jokes. It's bad. I'm sweaty. I showered like an hour ago and I'm going to have to again after this. And I'm sitting here with a towel wedged underneath my boobs. There you go. So just a, a really great visual image for all of you at home of the two of us How sweating. we're easing into this episode. I know. That's If y'all thought we lose it on a regular day. Yes. <laughs> Plus, we're like off the rails because we're doing something a little bit different, but I'm excited. Yes, we've decided to kind of come out here with a Patreon preview. I guess we can call it that. Yeah, I mean, the rest of this is going to go on Patreon. But, you know, I was reflecting on what to do for Patreon this month, although we already did the year 2003. Go listen to that. That was a lot of fun to do. But when thinking about what else to do, I was like, It's long overdue, even though we haven't been doing the Patreon that long. It's long overdue that we're doing this because, as I mentioned to Mike earlier today, I consider this probably one of the most significant television moments for me personally, this countdown. I mean, this was 01, so this is pretty much the heart of when they started these. This is, I think, the thing, or at least in my mind, and granted, I was like, 11 12 years old this is like the thing that really kind of took this off just i mean obviously they had behind the musics going but i think that this really is what changed everything for vh1 somebody who was alive and older then feel free to correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like this was like a pivotal moment and then this became when vh1 all they did was fucking countdowns which you know i'm not complaining i loved all the countdowns. i mean this is pre i love the 80s and stuff too so yeah. this is this was like the first but it's for almost me, like the flavor of love of their countdowns well arguable yes. i guess the surreal life of their countdowns oh uh, yes that's right Sorry. but like i was saying that this is so significant to me because i was at such a young age and i did have some like pop culture interests i guess as much as you can have at like 11 12 years old but this i remember this was the kind of thing where no matter how many times i had seen it no matter what point i'm catching it at on tv every time they re-aired it like i was watching this this is what created my like thirst for pop culture knowledge and that is why i am a human encyclopedia of fucking useless pop culture bullshit to this day so nice so do you remember watching this or was this just me like fangirling over because I didn't have a life? I would say, did I watch it? Yes. But is it more you fangirling? Yes. <laughs> it's a double yes, I guess. But no, I watched all these shows. Like, I mean, I used to chill. Me and my sister chill my dad on Sundays. and We would just watch all the VH1. They'd have the marathons of these ones, One Hit Wonders. Mm. the gra- And even just the greatest rock and roll songs, the greatest rap songs, like whatever ones yeah. they had. I don't remember if rap was one of them, but who knows. I don't I don't know if VH1 would have done that, but maybe. I don't know how much of an authority VH1 should have been on that. That's subject. why I kind of paused and said, maybe they didn't do that one. But, I'm not sure. But all the I love those and all those later on, too. Like, we always watch the VH1 shows. Yeah, so this was super cool. Uh, there was a lot of information. And plus, I think the fact that this was done in 2001, and as you'll see here, this is before a lot of 
major music moments that have happened since. I mean, this aired pre-9-11, I think. At least shortly after. Something like that. So... Well, we we only watched 100 to 81, which is what we'll be covering on this episode. Right, on this episode. And you might think to yourself, well, that's only 20. Uh, trust me, there's a lot of shit we're going to be talking I about. I mean, it's an hour. It's the same as... It's not even just the same. It's almost a little more than watching one of the episodes of exactly. like, Rock of Love or Flavor of Love. So the rest of it is going to go on Patreon. I'm toying around with the idea that if you didn't want to sign up for Patreon and you just want to hear a specific thing that we made, if you like cash ass, cash ass, cash app us some money, we will send you the file. But I don't know. Get back to me on that. I'm working it out live on the air. So... <laughs> Oh, anyway, so like I said, we're going through 100 to 81 today. I learned a lot still, I guess, stuff that I had forgotten or stuff that I sort of knew about but didn't really know a ton about and then did some minor research and, you know, so it's been exciting to look back on as an adult almost 20 years later. I mean, some of these I remember, but majority I would say I don't. But it's all very famous, like, groups or individuals. Mostly. These are mostly people I've heard of or situations I've heard of. Yeah. Nothing really came as too big of a shock. Although there's a couple of things that, like, I guess were shocking at the time. But then, like, in hindsight, I'm like, this wouldn't even... Like, if this happened today, this would be a news story for maybe two or three days at the most. most. And you would never hear about it again. You'd see, like, two people retweeted on Twitter and then it's, it's gone. No, it'd be like a trending topic for like an hour. Or maybe, yeah. You know, look at, like, you know, Nicki Minaj is pregnant and that is like... I didn't even know. There you go. Oh, you didn't even know? No. And that's like trending. It's like in the top... It's in like the bottom half of the top 10 trending topics oh. for the day. So no shade, Barb's. Don't fucking come in my mentions, right? Uh, so yeah, I think it's probably time for us to get into this list. Now, forgive me, y'all, because it was going really fast. And I tried to take the best notes that I could, so I'm probably just going to end up riffing slash reading off of Wikipedia. Don't fucking at me, all right? I'm trying really hard to put together a nice show. <laughs> Mike's looking at me like I'm crazy. But uh, yeah, I think we should just get into it, right? The 100 most shocking moments. What is it fucking called? Jesus Christ. I thought it was the 100 most shocking moments in rock and roll history. As of 2001, by VH1. 100 Most Shocking Moments in Rock and Roll. Hosted by Mark McGrath, by the way, who actually, like, looked kind of cute. Don't fucking at me about that either. I don't want to hear about any And he's a host on the Sirius (laughs) XM 90s channel. Yeah, he's still working, booked and busy. Just, like, you know, we're just going to hope he's not a Trump supporter and call it a day. He looked pretty good, though. I forgot, like, he was young. I feel like he might be doesn't matter not why we're here yes let's get into number 100 this i had never heard of or maybe like i never really sat down and watched it from like the beginning the beginning maybe like once or twice but i don't know anything about this prior didn't know anything about this sorry same it's the plasmatics wendy o williams is arrested for simulating sex on stage now when you hear that a woman is simulating sex on stage, were you shocked to find out that it ended up being what it was? I thought it was going to be a little I bit thought she was literally going to be out here fucking 
flicking her bean on stage in front of everybody. No. That wouldn't be simulating sex. She would be performing like, she'd pretty much be masturbating in front of I know. Well, that's kind of what I thought. I don't know what I thought. I thought it would involve because they mentioned the sledgehammer. All right. Well, what? That you thought I figured, I don't know if she'd necessarily be like grinding on it or like, you know. Kind of getting more towards or the handle. Or maybe using and... it toward, like, maybe using the, 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 what is it called? The like, handle. The handle. Of the, that's what I was saying. Like, no, but I'm saying using the handle to actually. Uh, do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're so... an explicit show. We just say, yeah, shoving the handle in her vagina. Like, Whoa! Whoa! Something. I was expecting, <laughs> like, and all she did was motion. The guy who won't say fuck is suddenly now like she put it in her vagina that's actually not what happened so let me so let's what tell actually let's, happened. let's tell the people what happened okay so in january of 1981 this plas- plasmatics sorry we're not like punk rock people so forgive us she's basically a bad bitch right she's got like former stripper she actually reminded me a little bit especially of like in certain motions and stuff like a gaga when she was a little bit raw more raw just like a rougher version of that i don't know she just gave <laughs> me gaga vibes she was, she's a bad bitch first of all her titties body out everywhere slamming right titties like as it rock shows be. they're just like oh wow they're blurring her nipples and it's like a concert video she's like oh so titties just out all yeah the time. titties are out well it could be the for this purpose honestly if she's just cut like taping nipple and you can still see areola. they could be blurring it yeah it doesn't matter either way so this bad bitch fucking gets up on stage with her sledgehammer which she uses to destroy shit she's like a shock rocker as they call her anyway she's got this fucking sledgehammer right and then she like holds it to her crotch and like starts fake jerking it off that's it and milwaukee police fucking arrest her and as they're take well they waited till the end of the show nicely you know they let her go through with the whole show and they arrested her as she got off stage and then somebody allegedly groped her so she was like "Uh uh-uh smacks the cop in the face the cop pins her down, breaks her fucking nose. Well, not just right. Hit. It was pretty much. She and then hit one of the, the other bandmates and then the came out, right? Beat the shit out right. of her. Right. And Which, then her manager hmm. came out. He got knocked the fuck out hmm. and beat up. And then the bandmates came out, and I guess they might have hit them a little, but they arrested them. Yeah, and she got like fucked up. She broke her nose. And it just goes now. Imagine if they had cell phone cameras back then. I mean, they had pictures of it though. We well, they saw had pictures, pictures of it on the ground, but since no one was outside, they could all be like, "She turned around and hit a cop," so we had to like defend ourselves. It's like guys, like you're a bunch of. D- oh, that's what the manager said. He got hit with batons till he was like knocked unconscious. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's some bullshit. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna say it, but of course, know. yeah. No, there's, y'all know what I'm thinking. Yes. In November, an Illinois judge sentenced her to one year supervision and fined her $35 for attacking a freelance photographer. Oh, never mind. Different That's thing. something else. Either way. No, they got she found not guilty. Was, yeah, she was acquitted of an obscenity charge. She subsequently covered her nipples with electrical tape to avoid arrest. There I you think go. that must be a separate thing. So I maybe don't... she. Oh wasn't no, that's in Cleveland. Nope, that was in Cleveland. Sorry, she was cleared of all charges. I don't know. I'm sorry. This Clearly, she went through a lot of stuff, though. But she ended up killing herself in like a really gruesome way. Oh well, that we don't have to go over. I know we won't. But either way, bad bitch icon, fucking shit, a cab icon. 
legend. I mean, I don't know anything else about her. She might be problematic in other ways. I don't fucking know. But it was a really interesting story that I had not known prior. Had no idea. The next thing they mention is the time. So you mean 99? Number 99. Yes, there's numbers to these. (laughs) Number 99 is Elvis meeting with President Nixon in 1970. This I had heard of. Yeah. For sure. It's just like really fun. I know they have a drunk history on it too. Mm -hmm. It's really just an absolutely absurd story that it's kind of hard to get the full facts on despite the fact that there are like heavily documented people involved, like two very high profile people involved. And yet it's still so shrouded in urban legend. Basically, Elvis fucking high as a kite decides that he fucking hates the counterculture he hates hippies he hates the black panthers and nixon in the beginning of the war on drugs so back to our little fucking soapbox on this shit right he writes this letter to nixon and he's like fuck all these groups of people i you know who's gonna help you find drugs like who's gonna take this drug shit seriously me i'm gonna help you and writes this insane letter that he mails to the White House, and the White House is like, what the fuck is this? Like, what is what is going on? But because Nixon is such a fucking herb, they decide, fine, Elvis will make him look better to young people, even though he's fucking played out at this point. Like, I don't oh, know. I no like, that's how out that. of... Well, so that's the thing, right? Is because part of it, too, as I was reading on a website that rhymes with Hickopedia. He was shitting on the Beatles a bunch. Even despite the fact that like in all his concerts, he would like sing a couple Beatles songs or something. And apparently Paul McCartney was like, I felt, I felt a bit betrayed (laughs) in pure Paul McCartney fashion. The great joke was that we were taking illegal drugs and look what happened to him. A reference to Presley's early death. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, Paul McCartney. (laughs) Like, I mean, and he's still out here and performing at like a hundred years old. If it's the real old. Paul McCartney, oh, don't <laughs> we do not have time for this? I'm wondering today. if that's going to come out in all these. Oh, please, no, I don't think you the never fake know. Paul McCartney. Anyway, no, I be- I believe that obviously Paul McCartney is Paul McCartney, but it is a fun little rabbit hole to go down when you go in the conspiracy world. It's just like look up all the evidence they think they have that Paul McCartney is actually someone replaced. So Elvis writes this bonkers letter. They invite him to the White House. Elvis, in the picture, if you haven't seen it, please go look it up. High as a kite, like his eyes are half closed. And Nixon's just grinning like a damn idiot. And yeah, they gave him a freaking DEA badge. They made him an honorary DEA Because he likes collecting badges. Because he liked collecting badges. And he also liked collecting drugs. The sad, all, honestly, being that he's fucking Elvis, he probably could have been like, hey, can I just get like a DEA badge? They'd probably be like, yeah, sure. That's basically what happened. That's, all, yeah. That's the well, point he, of Because he, he wanted to this be 19, an agent. That's this why. Is, well, I don't think he, he really like wanted. I don't think he really wanted to be an agent. I just think that he was like high and bored. True. And was just like, because apparently, like, I read, because I read a couple stories about this quick that, like, he just, like, I think he was in California and he just, like, fucking up and left. But, like, didn't tell Priscilla, because he was still married to Priscilla at this point. So, like, didn't fucking tell Priscilla or anybody, just went to DC and they just let him in 
with a gun that he gave to the president. You can't just walk into. Elvis can. You're talking about one of the, like, a top five most famous person to ever exist. I mean, listen, if he would have shot Nixon, that would have, like, taken this. Well, then he would have been even more famous. Then this would be number one on the list. But. (laughs) Side note about this also, there was a movie made about it. I think there was a movie in the 90s, but I didn't recognize anybody in it. There was then one released in 2016 starring Michael Shannon as Elvis and Kevin Spacey as Richard Nixon. Yikes. Uh, but I, I'm still, like, I don't want to... Wait, why hate on Michael Shannon, though? There's nothing wrong with Michael Shannon. Uh, just Kevin Spacey, Spacey is, like, super yikes. Mm, indeed. Like, peak yikes. You know who else is in the movie? Surprising wholesome icon Johnny Knoxville. Really? Yes. Interesting. I don't know who he plays, but I saw that he's in the movie. Were you saying, oh, really, to the wholesome part, or to the... No, that I didn't know he was in it. Oh. Number 98 is David Crosby being unveiled as the father of Melissa Etheridge's kids. Well, everyone in the year two thousand. I mean, yes, but there's been um a development. It's not a good development. It's a sad one. But basically the story about this is Melissa Etheridge, who was like at the top of her game and one of like three visible lesbians in fucking two thousand or ninety, whatever. She and her wife, Julie Cipher, had two children and there was like a lot of hullabaloo about who the father of these kids was and then they released it in this i think it was like annie Leibovitz shot vanity fair cover i could be completely wrong you would think that that would be something that i'd have prepared for you my apologies but they release it with fucking david crosby from crosby stills nash and young right that's the i don't that's not my well that was like white people music that's like a super group yeah, so who's the who's the main group? Crosby, Stills, and Nash is like the no, group. If, even if, no, even if I'm, he was like a solo artist too. If I'm not mistaken, this is, is something I gotta look up. On. I have no fucking idea. But anyway, so what is a Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young song? By the way, like what is a song that he's known for? David Crosby. I'm sure somebody at home is having one of those ghost moments. Where you're like yelling the answer out at us, and well, he was we associated with the birds. Everybody, this is the second person Crosby, on this Stills, list. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Crosby and Nash. I don't know who CPR is. Snarky Public, Buffalo, Springfield, Jefferson oh, Airplane, that... and Phil Collins. Damn. Okay, so the dude has credits. So, so yeah, he joined the Birds in '64. He gave the band, not him, but him with the band, gave Bob Dylan his first number one hit in what? 1965 with Mr. Tambourine Man. What? Uh, he appeared on the Birds' first five albums, produced the original line of 73 reunion album. And the Birds- And then joined 67, in 67, he joined Buffalo Springfield. Wait, hold on. Is the Birds- The season uh, turn, turn, Yeah, that one, that's turn, not- turn. They're that's on like not every like- Clapton, right? No, 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 no. That was uh, Cream. Was it? I thought he was. Was he in the yard bird or the yard bird? Oh no, you're exists? thinking of uh. Oh god, you're thinking of Clapton, Roy Orbison. Oh god, what the hell? It were doesn't they matter. Called? No, Either it way. does. No, it does. Because my dad would kill me if, for not knowing the name. <laughs> Hang on. I want to remember. I'm safe because this isn't my mom's kind of white people music, so I'm safe. How dare you? Take it up with Deb. No, it was Tom Petty, Roy Orbison. Traveling Wilburys. I, that's not what I was thinking of. Oh. But either way. Who the fuck are you thinking of? All right. So it doesn't matter. 
the important thing, though, is that also, if you don't know what David Crosby looks like, um, just take a Google. We oh, talked about this a little bit in our, what? The Yardbirds. I literally said that and you said no. There you go. Okay. Well, he was doing cream first. Fantastic. Anyway. Actually, I'm wrong. He wasn't. Holy shit. Can I please move on? <laughs> I'm just upset with myself now. Begging you to please let me move on. All right. Okay. He is not the most attractive gentleman. He is of a certain age as well. I mean, it's not like he was like in the room where it happened. You know what I mean? But also, I think as Michael Ian Black points out, like, I don't know. I would no no shade to if this happens to you. But like, I would personally try to avoid male pattern baldness. And more importantly, the fact that the dude was like a raging fucking addict. That would be a bigger thing for me. Wait, can you I guess participate just, in the conversation? I'm waiting for you to finish talking so I can then throw in some two cents. I'm, but I was going to say, I think he's a great selection if they're really looking. All right. You're if you're talking about purely musical music, geniuses. Like, I know, but if I had to, if I had to, to choose between passing on addiction or passing on and they might be really like good mediocre friends. music talent. You know what I mean? They might be really good friends. Okay. Well, so that's the thing about it, right? Is... So he was an odd choice. People were shocked. In theory, I don't true. think this would necessarily... I don't know how big of a story this would have been. It probably would land on the same spot today. Yeah. He has um, a great Twitter account, though. David Crosby? Oh, he's very progressive. Why? And, uh, well, that part's not surprising. Yeah. But anyway, sadly, in like very sad news, one, Melissa and Julie are not together anymore. They haven't been, I think, for a while. But their son, Beckett, died of an overdose in may yes and he was david crosby's son and he's like struggled according to melissa's instagram post about it he had struggled with addiction for a very long time which is wild because the kid was only 21 years old yeah so again not blaming melissa not blaming julie not blaming anybody in this scenario just just a sad story just an unfortunate yeah, you know just i mean i mean Listen, I have my fair share of addiction in my family. I I get it. It sucks. It's just a shame. But it's like the most unfortunate kind of update to this, like, what is otherwise a happy and kind of silly story. Yes. Ooh. Anyway, on a lighter note, I guess. Number 97 is Screamin' Jay Hawkins believing to have fathered 75 children. If you're not familiar with Screamin' Jay Hawkins, you're probably familiar with his song, I Put a Spell on You. Yes, that one. The one that they sing in Hocus Pocus. Pocus. Yes. Yes. That's what I know it from. I mean, how do you not know the main version? I feel like they use it in a lot of commercials and stuff, I knew. I would say I knew it in Hocus Pocus first. So apparently, dude was married six times and, you know, like a man on the road, especially during a certain time, just fucked around a lot and claimed in like concerts and shit that he had like 75 children his biographer is interviewed for this segment it's very bizarre (laughs) like because she's like a vehement defender of him which i guess makes sense it's just like so weird to like take she's like you know a lot of people would call that irresponsible and it's like most people like anybody would call that irresponsible 
And she's like, but he was really proud of all his kids, despite the fact that he didn't know most of them. I mean, it's it's sweet, but it's just funny to hear her be like, most people would say, yeah, like basically everyone would say that. He didn't meet most of them, I think he said, but his dying wish when he died in 2000 was that all of his kids would come together and have some sort of, I don't know, they would all get to meet him and whatever. Imagine showing up and be like, holy shit, I have 70 brothers or sisters. I, oh gosh, that sounds exhausting. But they set up a website apparently after he died, if you believe that you are... His his child or if you had relations with him and believed to have had a pregnancy as a result of your interaction with him. At the time of this show airing, there were 33 positive identifications. Out of over 2,500 submissions. Yes. At that point in time. I forgot to check if there were more. Although they also put one up on the screen, and I could have swore the kid looked just like him. Well, that's the thing. This biographer, this biographer is really a character. She's like, they all have his same laugh, and I'm like, and they cut to his laugh in the song. Well, they cut Uh, to uh, 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 right his like fake, which I feel like is his fake laugh laugh, in the song. Like, it's just it was interesting that this woman caped so hard for him. But yeah, like, this man just hated condoms, so that's apparently in and of itself. There you go. An interesting story. Number 96, interestingly, took place in 1996. Ooh. Which, if you were a kid in the 2000s, you absolutely, or kid or older in the 2000s, absolutely remember this moment. And it is... Bjork beating the shit out of a reporter at the airport. I don't remember that. You don't remember no, this? I, just I feel like her VH1 dress. VH1 showed this fucking clip of her beating this reporter up every chance they well, isn't it, got. Well, isn't it also the reporter that canceled on her or something? No, she canceled on the reporter. So oh. here's what happened. So Bjork is supposed to be coming to Thailand to do concerts, I think. And Supposed to have an interview. They said, like, right before she landed or right before she got to Thailand, that she was, like, not really in the mood to do it. But the reporter meets her at the airport regardless with a camera and a mic and, like, the whole nine Not the yards. only one. There's a few. Yeah, obviously. there were several. She was paparazzi. not the only one. Yeah. So all these cameras and shit are there. And little tiny Bjork is pushing her son on the... You know those things at the airport, like the luggage That's what I was gonna say, yeah. carrier. Like, you know, so it looks like a shopping cart, a but 90s not fully luggage a... carrier. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure they still have them today. Might just be, yeah, maybe. Why wouldn't they have them today? They might just be different. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Bjork is pushing her son on this thing, and she's got her head down. She clearly looks like she's been through it. I don't know where she was flying from into Thailand, but, you know, flights are hard, especially when you've got a kid. This reporter this julie kaufman comes up to bjork and literally goes like welcome to thailand that was it and bjork lost her fucking mind just wailed on this lady and she was charged or whatever but the lady wouldn't file charges this julie wouldn't file charges yeah Yeah, she like is in this interview and she's like i've got a i've got a hard head you know i'm fine and bjork apologized and said 
that she didn't really like all the cameras focused on her son which yeah. i mean granted you was her too. was her reaction a little excessive yes is it understandable that after a long flight and cameras in your face and people filming your kid like none of that is cool yes it's also understandable exactly. so it just was a cool story it's just so funny to see like crazy little hippie bjork just like beating the shit out of this random lady it was just like a straight up like bad girls club fight it was it was truly something she just goes into the song i'm like i don't get no sleep because of my son i'm like not positive i don't get no sleep because of my fist just beats the shit out of her oh boy i don't think i've ever heard a bjork song she has that one where she always shushes i don't you have to know that song. I mean, I'm sure I would know it she if I like heard it. She has like one real, maybe two really famous songs at the time. Oh, I think I remember from the, yeah, I remember it from a commercial. I that's didn't know that was That's probably what it's famous for, because I think it might have been in a car commercial or something. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, that's right. Something like it that. It was very, yeah. Yes. It was popular. She made money. I mean, I don't know what she's up to now. No idea. But, you know. Chilling with hopefully swans. she's. I was going to say, hopefully she still has her swan dress. Now that just makes me laugh from that TikTok, like birds that give me the ick, where it's like, you know, swan. Remember, I showed you that that boy who said birds that give me the ick, and he said because first it was the crazy scary owl. Supposed to be like swans represent love and peace, but wake up and choose violence every day. Yes, (laughs) big Bjork energy. (laughs) Wow. Oh, number 95 is one of the weirdest and most truly 70s stories I've ever fucking heard. Graham Parsons' body is stolen and cremated by his friends. This story is... Awesome. Weird. I don't think it's weird. I think it's very weird. Him and his friends can be like, yo, if we ever die, this is how we want to go. And they're just like, yo, the family ain't respecting that. I got you, bro. Okay, so Graham Parsons was in a couple bands, but like I guess most notably the Birds, which apparently everybody, if you made music in the 60s or something, you were in the Birds at some point Mm -hmm. by the looks of that list we just went over. So. They're like the classic rock menudo. Him and his, like some friends are in a hotel near Joshua Tree. Which I've always wanted to go to. People say it's, like, incredible. The dude does, like, six double shots of tequila and then takes, what did he get injected with? Morphine? Yes. Yeah, that'll fuck you up. Uh, (laughs) He died. And there was sort of, like, a weird, how old was he? 46. So, not that old. Well, old enough. 46 is still pretty young. I mean, not to be fucking around with drugs like this. Oh. Anyway, they're in California, which is weird. Initially, the San Bar- Bernardino County Coroner declared Parsons' death natural causes pending autopsy. Oh, my God. An inconclusive autopsy was later performed. Um, I think it has something to do with all the tequila and the morphine. Yeah. Holy shit. His stepfather... Wanted them to fly the body back to Louisiana, where he was from or they were from or whatever. There's rumors that the reason he wanted the body was that he could claim some kind of inheritance if he he could prove that the body was there or whatever. 
Apparently, this Graham Parsons had had a conversation with his manager, Phil Kaufman. Back-to-back Kaufmans. Yeah, back-to-back Kaufmans. That was very weird. So, the stepfather wanted, like, a regular funeral. This Phil Kaufman was like, no, we had had a conversation that he wanted to be cremated in Joshua Tree, with all the Joshua Trees. He wanted his ashes spread over by Joshua Tree. Yeah. So... Phil and somebody else, right, show up at the the airport where it's being shipped from over by Joshua Tree to whatever. It's it's getting shipped somewhere. They stop it and go, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, you didn't hear? They want us to, um, there's like, the family had like new arrangements and like a private plane out of a private airport, blah, blah, blah. Like, you you can just send, you can just send his body with us, like hand it over to us. It's what you, it's the luck with having a friend who owns a hearse and you dress up like a fucking hearse driver. I guess just, I don't know if this falls in the realm of like white male privilege, but like, (laughs) I kind of feel like it does somehow. Well, for around this time frame, yes. Doesn't feel like racism, but it if there weren't white, right. it wouldn't have happened. Exactly. And also, shout out to the days when you could just drive up to a tarmac. Yes. <laughs> truly, hey, give me that dead body. Truly okay. pre pre nine eleven. If you could just bring your car within inches of a feet plane. of a plane, holy shit! So. Yes, right? Exactly. No, that would none of this would happen today. So they they convince whoever is handling the body from the airport to hand it over to them. Yes. They take it out to Joshua Tree. They light him on fire, right? And he tells they, this really they nice They gasoline story. on the fucking coffin. Yeah. And then threw the fucking match it and the guy was just like, it was just like poof. And actually, it was very nice because they said it was, like, picked up, like, a dust cloud and just, like, at night and it just went up into the stars. Oh, his ashes, And actually, yeah, I feel like that's kind of beautiful. It was cool. While my ashes shot into space. Okay. And not, like, one of those things they do where it's just, like, in, like, an urn that goes around and comes back. No, like, just shoot me out there. You just want it floating in space. I want space. all my ashes to be spread. Well... It would be cool if, like, imagine like on one South- little tiny piece of Like on South Park my- where that dead whale is just laying on the moon exactly. during the end One credits. little tiny piece of me, my ash, could end up on the moon. You never know. Or another planet with aliens who somehow reincarnate me from one tiny little piece of DNA. I need to ask what the fuck is wrong with you. Imagine. It'd be cool. All right, let me finish up this story. So on their way back to Los Angeles, uh... Phil Kaufman and his compatriot, whose name I don't feel like looking up, decided to sleep off their drunkness. When they woke up, the hearse did not start, and Kaufman had to hike to reach a mechanical shop. They they were later involved in a car pileup on the highway and <laughs> rear-ended another car. This is This has to be turned into a movie. This is the most bonkers story I've ever heard. So because of this, the police arrest them. And then see a bunch of beer cans in the car. So it's like bonus arrest. And then, hold on. And then Martin, I guess the other guy, slipped out of his handcuffs and fled with Kaufman when the cop went to go check that nobody else was hurt. That's awesome. This has to be a movie. Somebody please make this a movie. And since the officer did not take the driver's license of either one, nor the license plates numbers, they could not be identified. So... The body theft was reported, I would assume, by the family, mm-hmm. and the casket was then spotted by people who were camping in Joshua Tree, 
all of this to say, when Phil Kaufman finally gets arrested, because there is no law about stealing dead bodies or anything like that. Because it has no intrinsic value. Well, as the guy likes to say. I mean, how do you really quantify a body, though? It's, it's only tough. the coffin had value. Basically, only the coffin had value. So he was charged with grand theft and given a $300 fine yes. for the price. Well, I guess not necessarily for the price of the casket. Although I would think that the caskets were probably cheaper. Oh, no, wait, I lied. Uh, 30 day suspended jail sentence, fined $300 for each misdemeanor theft, and charged $708 for funeral home expenses. Just Kaufman like threw a benefit party to raise funds to pay for the fines. <laughs> Good for him. The event was called Kaufman's Coffin Caper Concert, all Ks. And Dr. Demento was the was featured f- DJ. So at least there was four Ks. Yes. <laughs> Very cute. Hold on. And beer bottles with a figure of Parsons on the label with the inscriptions, Graham Pilsner, a stiff drink for what ails you, were served. Uh- I need to know... So much more. Oh my god, the events were loosely depicted in the 2003 film Grand Theft Parsons, starring wholesome icon Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Wow, this is weird now. It's weird. This U- has become universal un- fucking Kaufman's and Johnny Knoxville. Unexpected. Oh gosh. So that was a fantastic story. I fucking Johnny Knoxville. I, we're just gonna keep coming back to Johnny Knoxville. Number 94 I had never heard this. A fan is struck by lightning at the Tibetan Freedom Concert. I can't believe this ranks higher than Elvis meeting with Nixon, but Or a guy stealing off. a dead per- a body right. and or that, on fire. Or that bonkers story I just fucking well, told everybody. No, actually, think about it, though. Like, how rare it is so for this somebody lady to get says, struck by fucking lightning. Right. So this lady says that she was straight up fucking... Like, they, the doctors told her it was oh, like a right direct her, yeah. hit. Okay, so... There was a Tibetan Freedom Concert. If you were alive in the 90s, you might remember a free Tibet shirt. Mm -hmm. Please don't ask me any more details about what this entails because I am a stupid American. Anyway, as Herbie Hancock took the stage, about 3 p.m. in June of 98, like a storm starts forming over the open air stadium. All of a sudden, as Herbie Hancock is playing, lightning comes down and nobody had any fucking idea what was happening no. right all of a sudden it's just a light bang boom huge everyone made explosion. it sound like there, yeah there was just a flash and everyone was like oh you didn't maybe know a pyro if it was like off, right because this is back in the 90s when people were still when bombs were still a thing i mean bombs are still a thing I mean, but... not, you don't hear about bombings as much in the united states well, you hear yeah. about shootings because you know we regulated laws about what you could because we regulated laws about being able to bit like getting the ingredients to build a bomb but we didn't change shit about fucking guns so america this lisa selfton was resuscitated on scene and taken to the trauma unit of a local hospital. She was transferred next day to D.C. General. Twelve people were injured, four critically, because obviously it's a lightning strike. She yeah. was hit directly, but there were other... Her friend got fucked up, her too, sister. but came too. Oh, was her it sister. sister? Well, I'm sure if you're standing next to somebody that got yeah. blown you're up... You're still going like, to be like, holy shit. Yeah, you're still going to have to... You know, there's probably a kickback, I would assume. This is... 
awful and horrifying if you're a bra-wearing person. Her burns were worst on her chest where her underwire bra attracted the electricity and probably caused cardiac arrest. Damn. Um... I would say that would, I'm surprised that caused the cardiac arrest. I would ex- expect that it would be the... However many volts and watts came from well, a lightning not necessarily. Bolt. But if you think about the electricity conducted by metal, that's true. That would probably make it worse. Or it stays there for. I a mean, few. it is bonkers that she survived. Yeah, like literally, she says the the doctor said it was a direct hit. <laughs> like she wasn't just yeah. standing near it. It and literally a stray. went the top it of her hit head. Her. Well, technically, they say lightning actually starts from the ground or something. Like, there's a whole fucking weird thing. I don't with know it. science. But either way, imagine pretty much you don't even see a bolt because it's in the body. That's what happened. It was head to toes. I mean, you see videos of trees getting hit. They split in half and shit. I mean, I've never actually watched any of that. You've Probably never not. seen just a video of I a tree so. getting you struck by lightning. No, now you mention it. No, it's weird. Huh? Love lightning. Which also reminds me, I haven't watched the movie Twister in a long time. I was time. about to say I love lightning and tornadoes, and now this is just weird. I know. There was, like, a period of time. God, can, I want to see a tornado If y'all were, like, millennials so and you're, like, around our age, can you also tell us if you were, like, slightly interested in, like, tornadoes and shit after watching Twister as a kid? Or, or before, and Twister just made it even that much better. Also, can we do, like, the movie villain, the real villain for a second about How Jamie Gertz? The- Jamie Gertz is portrayed as this psycho bitch because she doesn't want to travel with her boyfriend. Chasing tornadoes. With, with his ex-wife. Like, oh, I'm sorry. And, and your ex-wife is Helen Hunt. Was like, it his oh, ex-wife I'm sorry. or his Yeah, they were married because there's oh. a whole scene with the with the divorce papers. We're so far off the point. But this is the Although 90s, everybody. Oh my god, there's Elvis? so there's, El- there's a lot. Oh my god, there's He's so many a great good people in this and I movie. I apologize for Bernie's name. Even fucking what's it? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Come on. Oh, I haven't watched that movie in forever. It's been a long time. But really, Jamie Gertz is made out to be the vic- the villain of this movie. Like, what a psycho bitch! One of the, for, yes. for leaving when I'm sorry. If you're choosing your ex-wife and tornadoes over me, I can go home and feel comfortable with that. <laughs> like, I dodged a bullet for real. Anyway, back to this story. It's all about Dorothy. The closing acts of the day decided not to perform. And by 90 standards, this is pretty big. Pretty good lineup. R.E.M., Radiohead, and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. So then they ended up performing the next day. Yes. Instead. Interestingly, Anthony Kiedis came to the hospital. I've actually heard that he's a really nice guy. I feel like he that's right. He seems like it. I've heard that he's nice, and he came to the hospital and hung out with her for a while. She's like, oh, he was really gracious. Yeah. It's like he was talking to an old friend, and a bunch of the bands had signed, like, this Get Well Soon card. card. I mean, what I a hope, legendary you, thing to have. I hope she framed that fucking shit. I'm sure she did. And at this point, I was saying to you earlier when we saw it, at this point, those autograph that whole card is probably worth, like... Six figures. Oh, I wouldn't sell it though. I would never. Depends what kind of life never. situation I'm in. No, I feel like that's right now. I would. would never. <laughs> I would never. That's too meaningful. You know, you that would die it's for like, you know it. What? I got hit by lightning. I lived, and the lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who may be her favorite band, who knows, showed up and got like every band to sign this for me. Especially because I know the Beastie Boys were there too, so that would have been cool. I mean, just would have been awesome regardless. So we hope she's thriving. I don't know how she's doing today, but hopefully she's still thriving and didn't vote for Trump. That's my new threshold for like every person when I don't know what happened to them. 
The next thing they talk about is number 93, Karen Carpenter dies of complications from anorexia. Simple but very sad story. This I feel like I've heard about my entire life. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess Elvis. I didn't know this is Elvis how she meeting died. Nixon. You didn't know, and I didn't know she was thirty-two because in the I picture like she looks mom, a lot older. I feel like my mom told me this for a long time. Like, to, like she had teach always. You a no, I think I don't remember what context it ever came up. I think because she was like worried, my mom was like obsessed with her weight her entire life. That I think I must have said something when I was a kid about wanting to weigh less, and then she took it upon herself to explain Karen Carpenter to me as, like, a child. <laughs> What's one thing worse than a rapist? A child. No! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, Karen Carpenter is the one of the founding members of the band The Carpenters. If you're not familiar with The Carpenters, you probably know their songs. Just easy listening, fun... Well, the one chill vibes. top of the head, the one on, it's just the close to yes. you. Oh, I didn't that's, know that part. Yeah, that's the rest of the song. Suddenly appear. Although, wasn't that redone by what's his name in Austin Powers? Probably, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bird Packerack, who comes go. up in a couple of yes. points. Yes, Mr. Burt Packerack. Yes, I just remember the only reason I remember the name is because I remember Austin Powers introducing him. <laughs> Well, that you had to give him the full introduction, yes. Basically, like most women, she was dieting from an early age, stressed about her weight, which apparently she reduced her weight to 120 pounds. I don't know how tall she is. It stayed approximately that weight until around 1973 when she became super famous. Then, of course, because the media is awful, was critiquing her. She saw pictures of herself that weren't super flattering and... She got a personal trainer and a diet and like joined a new diet that like helped her build muscle, but then that just made her feel heavier. Yeah. And she just started spiraling. By 1975, two years later, like after she was at her peak, she weighed 91 pounds. At live performances, fans reacted with gasps to her gaunt appearance. And obviously, everybody was super concerned. She just claimed that she was tired, but did seek treatment for the anorexia. Yeah. She then was given was it thyroid. She tried using thyroid replacement meditate meditation medication. Probably to help her like start gaining weight. Yeah. She probably did so much damage without even knowing. Well, that's the thing, because then... She started gaining weight, which her heart was already screwed up from the weight yes. loss. She and did ultimately, not do it the right way. yeah. Which and ultimately, which was probably, it seems like, because she was under doctor supervision through a lot of this too. And she was getting on like in IV nutrition and stuff like that. And she, the, Wikipedia is sure to note that she maintained a relatively stable weight for the rest of her life. But she ended up having a heart attack at 32 from just the stress on her heart from. Well, they said the story was that she gained 10 pounds within, like, a week. Like, it was real quick and fast, and her body couldn't adjust. Yeah. Or, technically, her heart, but. All right, let's yeah. go to the next one. Shame. What the fuck? None of these are going to be uplifting. I know. Go, like, go We'll do our best music. to try to, like, laugh at some shit, but. Well, this one's, like, not sad. It's just weird. Uh-oh. So, 92, a homeless man claims to be Kiss drummer Peter Well, Chris. this could be funny. I mean, it's not really funny, but it's not 
sad either. Like, it just doesn't make a ton of sense. Nowadays, there'd be a fucking GoFundMe with like a hundred thousand dollars. I like, know. Yo, by the way, God. it was just this homeless dude, and people be like, you know what? It I was a homeless gets, guy. Let gets, him keep the money. It gets kind of weird, but basically, the story is Kiss had like gone and done their own thing. Now, Peter Chris was the one that had the the cat makeup. No, I don't know shit Hang about on. Kiss. Story really child. counting on your whiteness right now. Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley was no. Paul St- was Paul Stanley. No, Paul Stanley had the star. Stanley was the star. Gene had like the demon. Right, I knew he's got his own thing going on. Right. Fuck. It's one of the other two, and I can't think. It doesn't. No, matter. the cat dude was the other guitarist. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. So what did Peter Chris have going on on his face? I have no idea. While Mike looks that up, they have gone and done their own thing. And everybody's like, where the hell did Peter Chris go? All of a sudden, somebody claiming to be Peter Chris shows up. Oh, you're up. right. Yeah, he was the cat. Yeah. I feel You know, I don't know how I feel like I know that. I feel like I know that from Family Guy. It's well, that's why I was thinking of Family Guy before. It was it's pretty like, embarrassing. Because, like, I like Kiss. They weren't one of always my, like, favorites, but they have some very good songs. I only know... They're a band, if you can, like, What's go back it, in time um, to see a prime concert, like, they'd be one in, like, I would be then. so curious. First, I'd be curious to well, see what, right, a kiss, I'm a white guy, what, so. what a kiss crowd would would have looked like in 1970-whatever, but I just want to oh, know. Oh, wigs and makeup? Uh, no, I everyone. know, but imagine, like, what? Who's showing up to a kiss show today? This isn't shade. This is me genuinely asking. Today? You still get a good I know, like, my mom had a coworker that was really obsessed with it, and he's not the kind of guy that you would expect. No, you but. can get, you for kiss, any, I'd say even people... 30s i'd go to a kiss concert now yeah now say i'd go 30s to like i mean you get i would have maybe gone like 15 years ago i'm not going now i'd still probably go now they're old so you can't put on like a a show about like fucking a bunch of people like all your all your music is about like fucking people when you're like 70 something do you know who gene simmons is (laughs) anyway Let's get on to the story. So, <laughs> as I was trying to tell it, all of a sudden, everybody's like, where the hell is Peter Chris?" Peter Chris because Star Magazine. supposedly shows up on the cover of Star Magazine claiming that he was homeless and living on the Santa Monica Pier. What is the term? Experiencing homelessness. There you go. Yes. Or houseless. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not trying to make light of this. Lack I'm- of house. No, there's like a term, oh. unhoused, you know, like a more politically correct term for homeless. Gotcha. Anyway, this appears on Star Magazine and people are losing their shit. One of those people losing their shit is Tom Arnold. Die now, Hard Kiss fan. I don't know how many Gen Z people are out here listening to this or if you're not as well versed on pop culture about who Tom Arnold is. He was like a comedian, yes. right? Like his biggest claim to fame is being married to Roseanne he was for a period of time. And then yes, married her. He was in some movies and he's stuff. He's not currently married to Roseanne. No. He's actually I feel like pretty leftist, right? Very leftist. He uh, like hates He's one of, he was like putting up all the money for the P tape, right? He's trying not that just was the P tape, but he's trying to, I believe he was also trying to get the tapes from uh behind the scenes of the apprentice yeah he did a great episode of jericho's podcast where he goes and I'm he sure tries he explaining did. all these oh my god the two of them together i and can he's only got, like, imagine two really what that interview would shit. be like well that's the thing. jericho's very like he just lets them speak no like, i know he's, that's he's what i'm a saying great host that's what i'm saying i think that 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 would be a fan because he jokes a lot and has old interview. stories about shit but yeah so tom arnold 
disposed. was like a pretty big deal in the 90s. And he was like, no, this will not stand. And heads down to the Santa Monica Pier to go find Peter Chris, or so he thinks. Lo and behold, he fucking shows up. And it's just some random dude named Chris Dickinson who just got paid $500 by Star Magazine to participate in this. And the dude could probably use the money. I mean, yeah. I'd say I'm... (laughs) Just made me think of another vine where it's like, do people tell you you look like Beyonce? No, they usually tell me I look like Shalissa. Like, who's Shalissa? Me! (laughs) That was a good one. In real life, Peter Chris was just chilling in California, just minding his own business, raising his family, you know, whatever. Enjoying his residual checks. Is that what it is called? Residuals? Yeah. Yeah. Just chilling, collecting money. Just raking in his coins. They have an like, interesting band story, too, though, when they all started, like, trying to do solo albums and all this stuff, but that's another time. I actually don't know anything about- I don't really know Kiss anything has an about Chris. Story. Chris. I don't know anything about Kiss, except for the fact that, like, Gene Simmons fucked a bunch of people. That's all I know. They both appeared on an episode of Donahue, which was, like, a big primetime news show for people who don't know it. And if you haven't seen it. the Atlanta episode- what? No, it's not Donahue. It's based on Donahue. No, I know it's not the same, but isn't the episode, isn't it called Donahue? No. Oh, what the hell is it called? Well, this is Phil Donahue. He's like a very famous no, I know news what person. The, I knew what the actual one was, but I know, I thought on Atlanta I don't they remember. go on a show No, called... they would never call it Donahue if the show is... All right. It doesn't matter. It's a great episode. It is the one of the best episodes. It might episodes be the of... best episode of Atlanta. That and um, Teddy... What was the what was this called? The the whole Michael Jackson thing. Oh, that was crazy. That episode was incredible. Uh, I forget what it was, but that was good. I'm, I'm, great acting job by Donald Glover on that one. Holy shit. Great acting job by everybody. You know that show is fucking excellent when like Donald Glover is considered like not one of the more talented people on the cast. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Because you've got Brian Tyree Henry who's got like extensive credits, went to I think Juilliard. He might have. I like, original cast yeah. of Book of Mormon, like, legit. And fucking Lakeith Stanfield out here acting his ass off. Fucking, oh, God, I'm going to mispronounce it. But we... Be... Sassy? No, but that's... Remember, we looked it up, and we... we that it is doesn't how you matter. pronounce it. No. It was Zazie? Oh, my piece. No. Domino from Deadpool 2. Yes. And the love interest, quote unquote, from, from Joker. Oh, she's from Germany. Yeah. Mm, nice. We need to move on. <laughs> we need to move on. I liked her in Deadpool. I'm sure you did. 91. Stevie Wonder goes into a coma after a car crash. I generally forget this about him, but it is a thing that happened. And just because, like, I guess that by the time we were born, at least, and my parents were huge Stevie Wonder fans, so, like, I grew up listening to his music I forever. never remember that he was in it. That, you know, he had, like, basically, like, all of his biggest hits and biggest songs, with the exception of, like, Uptight and whatever, all came after this. So... What is that, what is it, two months after this crash? This is bonkers. I, I'm sorry I keep saying bonkers, but, like, it's just, it's all sh- shocking, right? Shocking moments. So, he's sitting in the passenger seat of a car, sleeping, yes. going to, like, another gig or going somewhere, and the car he's in hits a logging truck 
that one of the logs flies through the windshield. Yeah. Loosens because of the crash. Right. And yeah. and hits him. It's like that Final Destination scene that everyone's that's fucking how, scared that's of That's how Shania Twain's yo. parents died. A log? A logging truck. Yo, fuck that. That's why I hate, that's why I hate driving next to that. If I see any truck, yeah, I normally either speed up to get by or I like keep my distance. Oh, terrifying. So a log went through the windshield and he was rushed to the hospital, obviously. They said, you know, he's in a coma and they tell his family and friends and whatever, even if he gets out of the coma, there's like a very good chance that he could suffer from severe brain damage. Four days later, he wakes up. Within two months, he's making music again. By the end of the year 1973, which is the year he got into the accident, I it forgot was if I mentioned which, that or not, the, he releases was, uh, fucking Inner Visions. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite albums. Uh, well, it's one of everybody's favorite albums. But it's got on Don't You Worry About a Thing, Golden Lady, uh, Living for the City, and Higher Ground. Jeez. Because that's his whole thing. Was it's this like, the one where he like dominated the Grammys? I mean, he probably did for all of them. I mean, like, and he's. I thought and there the was thing about one Stevie year Wonder where he, like, too. Annihilated the Grammys. The thing, I mean, it's. I would assume almost all of them, but like this album is huge, and like hi- Higher Ground, they've got that lyric where it's like, "So darn glad he let me try it again, because the last time around I lived a whole lot of sin. So glad that I know more that I know then gonna keep on trying till I reach all that shit. I'm I don't know why I'm singing. That's how the heat's getting to the me. The accident all. could have even unleashed more of his musical That's genius. That's kind of like Loki. What I think. So or the beginning of the conspiracy that he can see. Oh God! Don't even. But Intervisions came out in '73. That the higher ground in particular was especially inspired by the ac- being it, by surviving the accident, yeah. and then songs in the key of life, like literally one of his most successful albums. Like I think I considered his biggest album of all time. Yeah, you know, as is on that one, which is my favorite Stevie Wonder song, one of my favorite songs ever. He basically came out of a coma and created some of the most legendary, iconic music. In American history. So some uplifting stories yeah, after this. Yeah, absolutely. Next thing we talk about is MC Hammer declaring bankruptcy. This happened in 1996. This is number 90, by the way. <laughs> Around an hour in and just now we're getting to halfway through the list. In case you were wondering why we're only going through 81 today. I mean, if you're a millennial or Gen X or whatever, you absolutely know this story. Yeah. If you follow, if you of. follow entertainment, really, you've heard his. He doesn't have a unique story. No. Side note: Also, check out the Thirty for Thirty broke. Yes. It was a Thirty for Thirty, right? Mm-hmm. It's basically MC Hammer has a very classic story. If you follow music in any capacity, came into a lot of money, did a lot of merchandising deals, spent his money in a lot of extravagant ways. Was hiring, like, making all the mistakes they talk about on crime and sports. Yeah. You don't fucking his hire taxes, your though, friends. He, but he did, did not pay his taxes. how much he was going to lose by paying yes. taxes. Now you see why people don't do it. I mean, that's why you see the one point, like, a long time ago where Cardi was going off. She's like, yo, I just want to, she's like, I pay millions of dollars in taxes every year. Where the fuck is it going? Just tell me. That's it. And, like, no one tells her, but. I mean, maybe no one so- tells us anything. No, no one knows what any of our tax dollars actually do. <sighs> just pays for the fucking nypd to have outfits well our state taxes <laughs> pay for that stuff no but anyway for NJ, well basically for he just owed a bunch of money and he was like a huge star i mean 
Oh, he was huge Pantopsis when this came out. Pantopsis is like still if you a look people at, pleaser. If you look at top songs of the '90s, it's probably top ten of all, like always. I don't know how VH1 would agree well, with true. you on that, but well, they would, so they could tell this story all the time. I, but this was I remember they had a they had a biopic VH1 had a biopic yeah. on him and they got Arsenio Hall sitting there going I should have I was giving him you know time to perform but I should have been stage. giving him yeah. my, my my accountant's number no just you know financial literacy should be taught in more schools and I mean you think you have money why would you think it's just, ever going to end yeah. you know but he sh- he should have had an accountant. But it was one of those things. He, he raked just... in a ton of money. Exactly. He could have got screwed over and by I mean, people not all too. of it was extravagant. Well, first of all, they keep saying this $10 million house. Like, that's like, I mean, obviously it's extravagant. Well, that's what no he said. Shit. He made $30 million. 10 of it went to his house, but he only had 14 after taxes. It left him with $4 million. He paid all his old friends' money, which, don't get me wrong, is awesome. That's a great thing. It's like, not. hey, you hook your friends up with jobs it's or whatever. It's not. It's not. It's never a, a good income, idea. I would. I'm if I ever become very famous, I'm only keeping like three friends, and my close friends would be taken care of. Whatever they're making, in, well, if they want to leave their jobs, but all right, that's a conversation for another time. Say it depends what they're doing. If I was like famous, like, yo, you could be like, go to I don't know culinary school and become a chef. I'll pay you like eighty grand a year. No, if I had millions, <laughs> of course. No! People I care about would be taken care of. Well, I guess I know where you would be on things then. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, <sighs> anyway, wow. hard to imagine. That's not what I'm. Don't make me look like an asshole on here <laughs> for being financially smart because it's not always like friends. It's like people, you know, that people in your life that you haven't spoken to in like 10, 15 years yeah, suddenly come fucking asking for no, hand. Well, you also like have like a lot of friends. friends. You know what I mean? Like it's just whatever. 89. Def Leppard's drummer Rick Allen loses his arm in a car crash. This story I've heard a decent amount. Yeah. Very famous. Very significant. Guy's still alive. Still going. New Year's Eve 1984. He's driving down the English countryside when he tried to pass another car, right? It just was like a dark road. A car road. came flying around, but he was like, I guess the guy, I don't know if he's slow. The story is he tried, he goes to pass the guy because I guess he's slow. And then every time, the guy's pretty much just fucking with him. Every time On he goes a dark to pass, English road at yeah. nighttime. Yeah. When I think he, at least one of the people was fucked up, right? I don't remember. Either way, his Corvette hits a stone wall and just, like, flings him and the girlfriend into a field. But because his seatbelt wasn't on properly, his left arm is severed and, like, launched across the field. They find it, put it back on, but then it gets infected and they had to take it off. They gave him a chance. More importantly, though... Dude still continues to play drums. Yes, he does. To this day. Like, he's still playing with them to this day. Yeah, he's the drummer. It's pretty sick. But he was just, I think from the beginning, was basically like, listen, I'm not going to let this fuck me up. Like, whatever it takes for me to still be able to play. 
So now currently he has a custom manufactured route cable routing system by Whirlwind. He uses four electronic pedals for his left foot to play the pieces he used to play with his left arm, which from left to right triggers sounds closing hi-hat, bass, snare, and tom-tom. Pretty cool. Fucking interesting. In 2009, Yamaha announced the addition of a Ray, of Rick Allen to their artist roster. Allen plays the Yamaha Oak custom drums with matching subkick. More drum things that I don't understand. Oh, this is nice, too. His wife and him are co-founders of the Raven Drum Foundation, a charity with mission to serve and educate and empower veterans and people in crisis. The Raven Drum Foundation commonly works to help individuals and communities in crisis through healing arts programs, drum circle events, and collaborative partnerships. Allen also formed the One Hand Drum Company to provide funding for Raven Drum Foundation. The company primarily sells merchandise featuring Stick Rick, an illustrated character representing Allen. I don't know. Pretty cool, cool helping out. Yeah. I mean, it's probably a fucking awakening for him. He's like, well, I lost an arm, but I could still play. This is great. Now let me help some less fortunate. Good on him. This one, I'm not going to get too far into just because it's, like, way over my head. But number 88 is Cat Stevens supports the fatwa against controversial author Salman Rushdie. I I've only heard that name. I know he made an appearance in Bridget Jones' Diary. Rushdie? The movie, yeah. Salman Rushdie. So, Cat Stevens, folk artist, father and son. Oh, baby, baby, it's the wide world. Is that him? I believe so. Huh. He was pretty famous at the time. Yeah, he was like a really I big deal. I know my dad's dropped the name a few times in the yeah, past. Yeah, I think my mom's. I think my mom's told me about him. I don't know. I don't. My mom's relationship with folk music is very bizarre. Too. She, like, sort of listens to some of it and then sort of listens and doesn't listen to other rock stuff. And then, like, I'll be like, oh, you don't, you don't, whatever. And she'll be like, oh, I love this person. I'll be like, since when? Yeah. Like, I never, all you fucking played growing up is, like, Peebo Bryson. Like, I don't, like, you know Broadway what I mean? Tunes and, and, shit, and the Bodyguard yeah. soundtrack. Like, I didn't know you listened to this other stuff. But anyway. The Beatles. <laughs> A bit, don't get me started on that bitch and the Beatles. Like, she's like, oh, yeah, like, I love the Beatles. I go, I literally have no recollection of you playing the Beatles once in my childhood. Not once. She bought me this bear that sang um, My Life or whatever. I for- I don't know which one. But... My life, I love you more. I don't, I don't, I'm sorry, white people. I don't know the Beatles like that. But anyway, so she buys me this freaking bear and she's like, Oh, see, it sings this song. And I'm just staring at her. I'm like, okay. And she's like, it's the Beatles song. I go, this is your, this is, this was up to you. And you dropped the ball on this. So I don't really know what you want me to do with this. Anyway, sorry, everybody. So Cat Stevens was like a folk artist who converted to Islam in 1977 and adopted the name Yusuf Islam the next year. He basically just gave up on being i mean he didn't give up on being famous but like he just kind of wasn't really he making music d- in the same way platform yeah he wasn't really fame, right yeah. so salman rushdie is an author and wrote a book called the satanic verses it is inspired in part by the life of the prophet muhammad unsurprisingly the 
Muslim community was not really thrilled about that, understandably. Mm. Now, this is 1989, so this is about 12 years after he converted to Islam. Basically, Yusuf Islam was like a bunch of like Islam, uh, I think was it the Ayatollah or something? I'm sorry, I'm really fucking yes. this up. But somebody in power in the Muslim faith was like, um, sir, this is not okay. Fatwa on you. Just like it's a call to death. It's like, yeah. Well, yeah. It's condemning pretty much Islam in a sense. No, it's not condemning. No. The fatwa means no the fatwa fatwa is issued. Oh I no, I think that they consider basically I think in the Muslim faith, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that like really any depiction of Muhammad for what is considered South Park got a bunch of fucking death threats and stuff when they did it, so they said, Nope, not doing it. I mean death threats aren't like ideal, but like maybe like if a religion is going through enough anyway, maybe like don't make fun of their god. You know, just crazy things like that. I'm fucking this story up so bad. So it seems like Yusuf Islam is like, yeah, no, like this guy like deserves whatever he fucking gets. No. Yes. If somebody defames, hold on, he must be killed. The Quran makes it clear. If someone defames the prophet, then he must die. The interview they showed on the special, like the top hundred, was him being much more chill and relaxed. And it was like, well, based on the faith, it says that if someone blah, 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 like, they would face death. Yeah, and then he released he a say, statement. Like, fuck this guy, I'm going to kill no, him. No, like, he, said, he said the following day that he supported vigilantism and claiming that, denying that he supported vigilantism and claiming that he had merely recounted legal Islamic punishment for blasphemy. Subsequently, he commented in a 1989 interview on Australian television that Rushdie should be killed and stated he would rather burn Rushdie instead of an effigy. So it's like, make up your mind. Then, like, later on, he, like, turned around and was like, well, I was new to the faith and, like, I was just trying to just quoting stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I guess look it up if you're really that interested, (laughs) but. Sorry for butchering that story. The next thing they talk about, number 87. Thank you. Oh, my God. I don't care. I see why you're so upset. You have to have the numbers. All right. Number 87 is Madonna's Like a Prayer video. Phenomenal. I mean, the song, the song still slaps. Always. Like, I'm not the really a huge Madonna well. fan, but like, I'm sorry, everybody. It's... I'm actually surprised by that. I feel like some of her early hits. Like, I like I'm no, shocked. no, no, no. I like her early stuff. I love, I love her in, you know, like League of Their Own is one of my favorite movies. Yes, I love it. I'm here for it. I just she's just a lot. Anywho, if you haven't seen the Like a Prayer video, go watch it. I feel like to this day it would still be a huge scandal so it's crazy to think that it was even made back then she madonna's like a huge pop star obviously at this time she's got this song like a prayer it apparently airs in a pepsi commercial the next day she drops the video the video is scandalous we've got burning crosses we've got stigmata we've got most scandalous of all her (laughs) having very sexual tension with a black jesus with a black jesus none other by leon oh yeah 
Big fan. Fucking ageless wonder over here. Like, Nobody still... come see you, Otis. Yes. And Cool Runnings. And Cool Runnings. He's in and, a bunch of shit, actually. I just said that And he part. was, uh, he's, I, I forgot if him and Cynthia were married, but they have a daughter together. Cynthia Bailey from, from uh, Real Housewives, Housewives of Atlanta. Yeah, you've mentioned. Yes. And he, they're still friends. Yeah. You know, which I think is always nice. We love co-parenting arrangements. Still hot to this day. Look him up. He's in his 50s and could still get it from many a person still attracted to men. Like I said, I think it would still be a huge deal if it came out today. Like, I don't think anybody would have the balls to do it today. Well, it wouldn't be as much of a shock today due to the no, fact that No, I still that think that it happened, would still... Like... I mean... I think, well, no, like, in a world where this didn't exist until today, yes, it would still be a huge deal. it would probably deal. be a problem. Obviously, a lot of people were upset, uh, <laughs> understandably. Pepsi, like, canceled their deal, and then Madonna was like, um, fuck you, I'm just trying to create art out here, and still got $5 million from her deal, I think they well, said. Well, she thanked Pepsi, because I think, like, that Well, obviously, the controversy the thing, made yeah. it, like, I mean, it's a great song, but, like, it's people, awesome people song. make great songs all the time. Not all of them yes. have, like, a huge... To quote Troy from Dunzo, apparently Vin Diesel is driving down our street, so I don't know if <laughs> yes, you go. heard that. Goddamn. But, yeah, this, this was a huge moment. Like a prayer. I'll take you there. God, I'm gonna go listen to that when we're it's done like recording. Yeah, apparently she still got beef with Pepsi to the point that when that uh, Kendall Jenner commercial came out and everybody was so pissed, she just apparently like came out with some statement like, "Well, karma's a bitch." What you think? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I don't think that was her statement. I think it was like, although when all when the Black Lives Matter protests started too, and everyone's like, "Well, where the fuck is Kendall Jenner and her flower right now?" Or Pepsi flower? What the fuck am I talking about? Well, you're thinking Saying of a the Banksy that- picture. No, I think you're thinking, well, there was also the protest of the Vietnam War where the person put the, the flower in the, in the gun. Yes. Oh, boy. But yeah, this song's Be safe, people in Portland. Yes, I know please. y'all got, like, secret police out there and shit Well, right now, now they're about to come to Chicago, too. That's the next one? Yo. Trump's about to send them there. Ooh. Oh, boy. This shit crazy. I know y'all listen to this to get away from the news. I know. We're sorry. We're sorry. But we're people, too, you know? Number 86, Ghetto Boy from, what is the band called? I don't remember the band's name. I oh, wait, they no, were the I lied. Boys. Aren't they the Ghetto They're Boys? They're the Ghetto Boys. Yeah, I'm stupid. I, like, I can't fucking about? read. Bushwick Bill. What's well, a yeah. Ghetto Boy? So I, I see what I did now. So Bushwick Bill from the band Ghetto Boys yes. loses an eye in the fight with his girlfriend in 1991. Well, that sounds wrong. Well, no, I mean, it's, I know, but it's the a very vague- The fight was because she was trying to help him because he was feeling suicidal. Okay, wait, let's just tell the story. Let's to... tell the story. Yeah. Hold on. I was supposed to be there with the- So, he's first and foremost, I guess, a little person. I wouldn't say first and foremost. That sounds fucked up. But, like, he's a little person, I think, was dealing with some depression regarding that and just other, you know, life stuff. Gets to all of us. He is fucked up on Everclear and PCP and decides that he wants to end his life, wants to shoot himself, that he wasn't going to do it. So he wanted the girlfriend to do it. He was too religious to like kill himself. The girlfriend was like, I don't want to do this either. They're fighting over the gun and he gets shot in the eye. He gets rushed to the hospital. They snap a picture. It becomes the cover. Yeah. Of, of the, the Ghetto album, Boys yeah. album, 
They Good release a lot of songs kind of based on the incident. I think Mind Playing Tricks on Me had come out prior to that, right? Mind Playing Tricks on Me put them on the map, which is what I think this, why this was a big news story. Yeah. Could be wrong. Could be off the same album. Either way. He then kind of decided to like turn his life around, I guess, a little bit. But then also decided to later go by, and I found the name that he says in the interview here, Dr. Wolfgang von Bushwicken, the barbarian mother funky stay high dollar billster. Nice. He recently died in 2019 at the age of 52. Damn. Actually, I feel like I remember. Oh, from pancreatic cancer. I didn't know if it was, you know, whatever. Still, though. Absolutely bonkers. Yeah, it's a another crazy. another near death incident that inspired in face some music. Whatever. Then you get a picture, which helps makes your career even bigger. Yeah, right. Like that's. I mean, it's it's a famous picture. I could, if somebody were to say, "Do you remember like the Ghetto Boys album cover?" I would be able to picture it in my mm-hmm. mind. Like if even if I hadn't just done this list. The next thing is just truly. truly a sign of the fact. Truly number eighty five. I was getting to the number. Was truly something that you could tell was 2000 because in hindsight, you know that it only goes downhill from here. And that's number 85, Whitney Houston getting kicked off from the Oscars involving Burt Bacharach. This was not necessarily the beginning of Whitney's drug use by any stretch of the imagination, but it was the beginning of the public kind of being aware of it. She had done a bunch of things. This is like shortly after she had been arrested for what was it? Half a half a gram? Half an ounce. Half an ounce of marijuana. It's like Is it? Yeah. Am I stupid? How much I'm not gonna say you're stupid, but it's So it is a significant amount of weed. I'm just dumb. Think of like yeah. I'd say think of like a a gallon Ziploc bag. Obviously it's gonna be an ounce, so it's very light. Yeah. But like depending how dense very packed but it could a, a full would fill almost that like a, a, i mean an ounce i'm trying to like an ounce an takes up a gallon ziploc bag maybe not a gallon a quart that would be more about like two to three okay yeah. that's no easily a quart that's without a par- that's without question you probably couldn't get listen how innocent i am everybody i don't know shit about wheat <laughs> i would say like well, i can't really i don't want to use a bag of pretzels. That's all right. We're not a visual show. That's that's all right. I believe you. Pretty much think of like a sandwich baggie. And when you see something like green just filling the entire bottom. Okay. Like think, picture it. It's this big and this whole piece is the bottom. That's normally like an eighth. Hmm. Times that by four, fill the entire core. That's probably about what she had on her. Well, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Which means you might have to jump up a bag because it might be too much to zip or zip her closed. <laughs> You probably shouldn't be talking about packaging weed this much on our show. It's just a visualization. <laughs> Back to the story at hand. Whitney Houston had been arrested for the weed thing, which Troy talks about this in the most recent episode of the Dunzo, Whitney Houston, Bobby Brown, Robin Crawford, Psycho. Uh, what's it called? Psycho? What, what the fuck am I Series? <sighs> okay. Listen to it, by the way. It's spectacular. 
Whitney's gets arrested for marijuana possession and the yes. and the gag of this is, right? Like while they're like waiting for her to do something or while they're like looking for stuff, she just like hops on another plane and just fucking leaves. Yep. Like in the middle of that. And then they arrest her when she gets back. They're like, What what did you do? You can't just leave when we're detaining you. Like, no, nah, I didn't do anything. It's what an icon. She had already started doing a bunch of drugs that had started to irreparably damage her voice. She was also on enough drugs that she wasn't really with it and doing her kind of improvising kind of thing. I mean, again, like this list aired like pre the Michael Jackson concert. Remember where she shows up like oh, super true. scary skinny? And as Troy reminded me that like they the aired version that makes it onto TV is them digitally adding weight onto her. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. It's really disturbing. But Whitney Houston was supposed to perform a medley of songs at the 2000 Oscars. And she shows up on like a Thursday is so bad that Burke Bacharach is like, just don't come back. Like, we'll find somebody else. Don't yep. worry about it. Which is bad. So apparently they called Faith Hill, which is like, now listen. Kind of an it thing at the time. I love Faith Hill, but like... Are we really going to put her up there with, like, Whitney Houston? Like, they just needed a quick Are we saying that, the, I guess, right, Faith Hill was around? Which is yeah. nuts, because this was, like, her most she famous time. She had the, the number one song yeah. of the year this year, she I think. She says it. She's like, I literally got a call, like, yesterday morning, so here I am. Yeah. But this was the beginning. This is pre-Crack uh, is Whack, Crack is Cheap. Yeah. I want to see the receipts. This is pre-Being Bobby Brown. This is pre-all of it. So... And sadly, the beginning of the end. Yeah. Very sad. The next thing they talk about, number 84. Thank you. Is the U.S. government trying to deport John Lennon. This is a weird story with no winners because in case you didn't know, John Lennon was also a piece of shit. Yeah. Now everybody's like, oh. No, 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 no. He was actually a pretty big scumbag. Abusive, manipulative. Yoko got a shit end of everything from the public. Again. And that's a separate thing, too. Great episode of You're Wrong About, too. Yoko did not break up the Beatles. Jericho's got a funny story with meeting her, too. He, like, hid in the bathroom because security went in to be like, everyone out. Like, da da da. He was at uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing. So he hid in there. So he, like, pops out and going. And he's like, holy shit, Yoko Ono, when he walks out, security guards there, yada, yada. People go tune into it, though. Listen to his show. Why are we shilling Jericho's podcast? I'm a big fan. He puts on, it's, well, he's part of VH1 stuff at the time. That's true. Okay, so. He does the rock and roll countdown, I think. Some, one of them. Yeah. So following the impact of Give Peace a Chance and Happy Christmas, the war is over. Basically, the fact that he was against the Vietnam War was enough to piss off Nixon and company. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was going to be performing a concert held in San Diego at the same time as the Republican National Convention being there this year. Nixon believed that Lenin's anti-war activities could cost him his re-election. Republican Senator Strom Thurmond, which 
fuck that motherfucker. Talk about a fucking racist. And he served in the Senate. Like, this is why term limits need to be a thing. Yeah. Because he was there until, like, 160 fucking years old. <laughs> and one of the biggest, like, most outspoken racists. Like, black people don't, you know, like, he was, like, yeah. still supporting fucking Jim Crow long after that shit was over and done with. Yes. Turns out, motherfucker had a whole black mistress and side kids the whole time. Not surprising. A mess. Anyway, fuck Strom Thurmond. Yes. He's like, was leading the charge to deport John Lennon. So the next, so like a couple weeks later, whatever, INS is like, oh, well, you got charged for weed in 1968. Um, Guess you gotta go. And John Lennon's like, um, excuse me, fuck you. I'm not doing anything worse than anybody else is doing. You're not deporting any of them. So he apparently what was it his passport or whatever was they took it away like yeah yeah, like he wasn't allowed to do anything so three and a half years of deportation hearings this court and then until some court of appeals barred the deportation attempt stating the courts will not condone selective deportation based on secret political grounds yeah i mean they tried getting one of weed conviction that was like five years in the past yeah like, to get him off. deported for that, right. Yeah. Oh, God. That sounds like some, totally something Trump would do, too. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, everybody, to keep bringing it up. Yes. It's just... We're trying to avoid Times politics. are stressful, okay? In 1973, Leonard, Lenin was ordered to leave the U.S. within 60 days. Ono, meanwhile, was granted permanent residence. In response, Lenin and Ono held a press conference where they announced the form- formation of the state of Newtopia, a place with no land, no boundaries, no passports, only people. Now I'm just thinking about Jesus declaring himself a sovereign citizen. <laughs> oh, basically, he was allowed to stay. Lenin got his green card cer- yeah. certifying his permanent residency. And when Jimmy Carter was inaugurated as president in 77, Leno- Lenin and Ono attended the inauguration ball. Of course. Following that, number 83... Marilyn Manson becomes a priest in the Church of Satan. I don't know if they have priests like that. Fun fact, though, if you don't follow Church of Satan, if you don't follow Church of Satan on Twitter, they're a great follow. They're pretty funny. They're great. They put up, yeah. That's the thing. You know, I learned a lot about Satanism and whatever through last podcast on the left. And like, Basically, they're just out here being like, I don't know, just be good to each other. We just pray to Satan instead. You know? Just be nice to other people. Which, like, some Christians are having a hard time doing. Yes. You know? <laughs> so, Church of Satan, great follow. So, apparently, Marilyn Manson was unsurprisingly a fan of Anton LaVey's. I was gonna say, Marilyn Manson's a problematic figure, too. Wasn't he charged with... Some kind of sexual assault stuff. I don't think so. It might have been. Yeah, no, I don't think. I think he's got a complicated. I don't know. So he was a fan of Anton LaVey's. And then he shows up at Anton LaVey's house one day. And he, Anton LaVey is so impressed by Marilyn Manson that he makes him an honorary minister in the Church of Satan. Oh, so there you go. That's what it is. Basically, he just, as a woman, this one woman who was like a Rolling Stone writer or something, and she was in all of these countdowns back in the day, was like, 
he didn't really believe in Satan. He just wanted something that was not Christian. And it's like And it goes with his whole fucking gimmick. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people still have the wrong idea about what Satanism is. Yeah. I think his quote on this, I'd see here, I'm not a misanthrope, I'm not a nihilist, I'm not an atheist, I believe in spirituality, and it just really come, it really has to come from somewhere. I learned a long time ago, you can't try to change the world, you can just try to make something in it. I think that's my spirituality, it's putting something into the world. If all you take, if you take all the basic principles of any religion, it's usually about creation. There is also destruction, but creation, essentially, I was raised Christian, I went to a Christian school because my parents wanted me to get a better education. When I got kicked out and sent to public school, I got beat up more by the public school kids that I, but then I'd try to go to my friend's Passover and have fun. <laughs> all right. But yeah, I mean, the the gist of that is pretty relatable. I mean, I don't know too much about Satanism. I only know one. Like you said, it's only where they're just kind of like... Everyone just be cool. I mean, I'm not, I'm not religious, as... so. Yeah. I mean, whatever. As long as you're not hurting people. That's how it should be. Everyone just be nice. It's, right, just we're be literally nice taught other. the fucking golden rule. Every single kid from who knows what age, up until what age, but everyone's taught the golden rule, and at some point, we all forget about that. <laughs> okay. Well, it's true. I know, but it's just funny. Number 82, Boy George reveals that he is a heroin addict in 1986. You would think, like, on the surface, that's not a super interesting thing. Because you're like, yeah, a lot of these people are fucking heroin addicts. Like, what's Mm. your point? But prior to his decision to get treatment, like, several of his friends died in, like, a very short period of overdoses, which is really fucked up. He was apparently using a lot, and there's a scene, a video of him, I think what we we figured out was from Live Aid, I think, right? I think so. He is, y'all, he is high as a fucking kite. High as a kite. Just nodding off. In the middle of the interview, mm. to the point that he is signing an autograph at one point, falls asleep, gets pen on his nose, and doesn't even realize it. And then his brother gets on TV, and he's like, no, my brother's got a drug problem. Yeah. Like, this is not Surprise, cool. everyone. You all see it, but... Yeah, and he cut, um, he cut most of his family off as a result of that, but then decided to ultimately get help. Mm. Although, he was busted for coke not that long ago. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. I'm going to say, we're probably going to get to Rick James eventually. Got to be in here at some point. Has to. Just has to. Side note, listen to our 2003 episode of... There you go. Talk about Chappelle's show quite a bit. They consider him blue-eyed soul? I think that's a little generous. It's like pop music, but... I mean, their song's kind of poppy. October 2005 was arrested on suspicion suspicion of cocaine possession and falsely reporting a burglary... George denied that the drugs were his. Cocaine possession was dropped and pled guilty to falsely reporting a burglary, community service, blah, blah, blah. Then, in 2008, George was convicted in the Snakesbrook Crown Court, London, of the April 2000 assault and false imprisonment of a Norwegian model and male escort. Yikes. 2012. Oh, he does. He's a Buddhist now. And he's managed by 
oh my god what's his fucking name pk from oh we haven't made it that far in beverly hills okay dorit's yeah. husband gotcha yes oh boy and the very last thing we have to talk about today is the who giving an explosive performance on the smothers brothers comedy hour that's pretty funny a lot of these things will not make sense it's a very sense. famous show i know it was like considered very counterculture because which, which is yeah. so weird because if you look at these two fucking guys they look like nerdy little midwestern square dudes they got canceled at a point too they Talk were about like, canceled like literally yeah. fucking canceled yeah i forgot what it was but i forgot what the yeah fuck i used to talk about it with someone at my old job he introduced me to the show he's like oh you should watch some of like their old clips and yeah stuff. basically and then I found you out would they never think i mean because they're shit. doing you know the same kind of like a bunch of like the variety type shows yeah, that a bunch of people were and, doing during this time yeah. but they were just a little bit more searing in their political commentary yes. and people weren't really thrilled with that so the who came on to perform in 1967 what which song they were doing they were, they were doing my generation which yes. is like I would say arguably their biggest song, right? Maybe who One are of you? the. It's no, probably, probably a top the. Three or four. Probably, yeah. yeah, I was going to say top. I'd say Bob O'Reilly was obviously known, but that was due to. Well, a lot of people what? don't know. Bob O'Reilly is the uh, Teenage Wasteland. It's the real name Got of the it. song. Got it. Which was okay. like a, obviously a Vietnam and, anthem. And um, Who Are You? Yes. Which is made the famous one for CSI. CSI. Yes. Not made famous by CSI. It's not made famous by It was by very CSI. famous well before that. I apologize. Right. I don't know if there's any boomers listening. Like I highly doubt it, but I promise we're not shading you. So in 1967, The Who comes on to the Smothers Brothers show. And they're like, yeah, like, do all your crazy shit. Because The Who's out here fucking destroying shit all the time. Yeah. Which is just like, gotta love. Like, now this is straight up white fucking privilege, isn't it not? Like, I mean, I think they got shit Blowing on shit for this. Up. But like, well, don't spoil. I mean, I guess we can spoil it a little well, bit. But they beat shit up. I know. But like, you know, rock That's and roll. They are asked to, to just be... like, yo, just fucking destroy everything. Have no, fun. No, I know. But I'm saying like for rock and roll groups, it gets to be like, fun boys will be boys. But like rap groups can't fucking well, do it's that 19, shit. Well, it's 1967. So I don't think there were any rap groups or barely black people on I, television. You know what I mean is like, even to this day, rap groups are still. No, if this rap, was, if this was the 80s, considered... like, let's say hypothetically, this is like when NWA is starting and they get on a show and they're like, yo, like guys, like if you want to blow some shit up or like hit a speaker or do whatever the fuck you want have fun do it and they do it and the cops would be outside even though the production team exactly. was like yo we told them it's cool they're well, like I mean, nah we're arresting you right so apparently part of the performance of my generation usually had some pyrotechnics and explosives wherever they performed it which is so weird basically Pete Townsend grabs who's Tommy I think it was the drummer okay <laughs> sorry he would grab no tommy's guitar and smash it on the smothers brothers show that night they had a small amount of explosive put into the cannon oh no keith moon was the drummer oh and then yeah he's the one that dies later on right spoiler alert i guess i think so didn't is he the one that got crushed oh, no. by the car he got in the car accident or it... did he kill somebody with his car i don't know i don't know so Keith Moon, whatever he'd play his, like, whatever, he'd play the drums, and at some point the drums would blow up. Yeah. They're rehearsing, and the explosion is kind of like, you know, lackluster. They said there's a little bit of smoke, and that was about it. Unbeknownst to Moon, a stagehand had added another explosive before the taping, and then on top of that, 
Keith Moon put some more whatever it takes to make the drum blow up, some explosive stuff. They had like that powder, the yeah, yeah. Like the pistol powder, or whatever right. the fuck they called it. Yeah. So basically, it got three times what it normally gets to make this thing blow up. The show goes on. They go to do their thing. Moon detonates it. And the explosion is so massive that Symbol Shrapnel cuts into his arm. And apparently, like, you can hear him, like, moaning in pain at the no, end of the I didn't performance. Hear that. I didn't. I mean, maybe if you, like, listen closely. They made it look like he just got, like, he was already kind of to the side, but he was just fucking pissed and, like, walked off. Yeah. Then uh, Pete Townsend, who had been in front of Moon's drums at the time, had his hair singed by the blast. He is seen putting out sparks in his hair before finishing and he, the think sketch. They said he had some shrapnel in his head, too. I think. Who was the bit. one? Oh, yeah. The, the blast. He was the one that got hit. The blast allegedly contributed heavily to Pete townsend's long-term hearing loss yeah holy shit and you could tell because they show the scene afterwards where he takes the guitar from one of the hosts i forget which one it was probably and, tommy. like to smash it so he goes over yeah oh maybe that's what you're saying before he took oh Tommy's yeah that's guitar. Tommy. that's what tommy he does smothers, yeah. so he goes yeah because there's no one named tommy in the band but uh he goes over yeah takes it starts smashing and you see even at one point he goes to try to like calm him down or like try to take it but you can see he's like almost shell shocked. He doesn't. He the boom was a lot bigger than he thought. It fucked up his it was hearing at the time. Three times it, how big probably, it should have normally been. Yeah, he probably got some sort of. This con- is on YouTube too. too. Go take a look at it. But it's fucking crazy. All because some asshole decided to pour a little more powder. He could have killed them. Uh, by some asshole, you mean the stagehand and Keith Moon? Both of them. Keith Nobody Moon didn't know asked. there was three times. Keith Moon said, they said, hey, we're going to put a little more in because that was weak. He's like, all right, cool. Then they said one of the stagehands snuck on, put in more without telling anyone. And then Keith Moon snuck on without telling anybody to pour in some more. No, Oh, maybe yes. it wasn't it then. It was both of them. But nobody's communicating. This is why communication is key. That's how you end up with your friend not having permanent hearing damage. Communicate with each other to get things Jeez. working. And that's Shit, it. Fucking yeah. That's An our explosion that's that through... almost kills the Who's fucking guitarist is how we end this one. That's pretty light. Everybody lived there smashing. Right, shit, everybody yeah. had fun. Not there's some okay stories with this stuff. There's some fun. Yeah, there's a lot of, a of sadness, there's a lot of fun stuff coming up. Some I guess not fun stuff that's coming right, yeah. up. But interesting. I mean, it kind of. It brings in the 2000s almost with a little bit of rock and roll true crime in a sense. Yeah. And just crazy stories. These are we're here a for. few of my favorite oh. things. It's why we watch this shit. We all, it's stories we've never heard. New things we learn about. You research a little more and you find out. Who was the other one? Not Boy George. Someone before you were looking and reading. And you're like, wait, what is this? And it was more stories. Not the Graham Parsons one. Oh, yeah. The Graham Parsons one. That's what Yeah, it the was. Graham yeah. Parsons one. It's like, wait, so then they got in like a fucking pile up and all this other shit you didn't even know about. It's fucking nuts. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff coming up. I'm actually I'm excited exci- to keep watching this Ooh, and go through the countdown. Some sketchy stuff coming up. Oh. Well, you see it. I'm not reading yet. Yeah. I'll wait till we watch. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going through the list now. I'm not trying. You're very excited. <laughs> I am. There's a lot of cool stuff coming up in here. So, again, we're going to be putting at least part of it up on Patreon by the end of the week. Maybe the weekend, depending on 
how my editing process goes. But, uh, you know. Well, either way, Patreon, by expect the weekend, part two. By the weekend, there will be a part two. I'm not sure how many of these points will be on there. But it's going to be a thing that happens. <laughs> and, yeah, I guess this is probably where we should do our plugs, right? I mean, yeah. Hope you all enjoyed, first off. If you do want to continue listening, you can uh, subscribe to the Patreon. Sonia, where can they find that? Patreon.com slash rewind the love pod. You can follow us on social media. I don't really post anything on Facebook anymore, but rewind the love podcast on Facebook at rewind love pod on Twitter and Instagram. Feel free to DM us with your thoughts on this episode or whatever. Other your memories of these events, any yeah. information I fucked up, just what you're looking forward to hearing. If there's anything else, any other topics you want us to go into. I mean, we're very obviously 2000s. We love VH1 Apparently not universe. always, but... Well, these stories go all over the place, but this aired in 2000. Yeah. Just but no. Reach out. Say yeah. hi. We're friendly. We're nice. We love the pop culture stuff. Yeah. That's... Oh, and you can find me on Twitter at Sonia Marie Says. Yes. I'm at Mr. Feeney 519 thank you all for listening yeah hope you all enjoyed once again thank you all for the support patrons appreciate it i forgot uh, we forgot to do our thing at the beginning rate well, like subscribe we said, tell we're friends things, who don't suck yeah we were doing things a little differently yes today but yeah if you guys can we appreciate support however you can if you can give us a five-star review it helps us get out there to more listeners yes tell your friends as sonia says especially if they don't suck and I think that about wraps up this episode. Yeah, I think the next time you'll be These hearing are from a us, fucking crazy. My I know God. the next time you'll be hearing from us on the main fight, main feed will be the Rock of Love finale. finale. Yes, and exciting. Then reunion, and then Isle of New York season two. Oh yeah, looking forward to all of this. Very, very excited. We're probably gonna get some VH1CU news too. Things will be happening. What? <laughs> VH1 people. There's always shit going on. Who, who fucking knows? But yeah, we hope you enjoyed this and we'll talk to you next week or we'll talk to you on Patreon. Oh, yeah. We'll see. All right. Bye. Bye.